Welcome back. Episode nine of the Combat Review. What have we got in store for you today? So uh, we are going to go through a little bit of news. Um, obviously, Yoel Romero has now actually joined Bellator. Uh, I know that was up in the air for a little bit. So he joins Anthony Rumble Johnson. Uh, we'll touch on that. Um, we will also go through um, a little bit of a rant I had on Monday Night Raw, which I don't even like talking about, but uh, I did. And I apologize for my 10 minute rant. Um, we will also have a little bit of look uh, look at the fighters that I predict could be cut. Uh, we're only looking at big names, um, and I'm not saying that all of them get cut, but I'm saying that it's highly likely that some of them will. Um, so I make a prediction of 10, and we will see just how close I can get. Uh, and then, obviously, the main bit, we will go through uh, UFC Fight Night, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. This Saturday night, uh, the UFC Apex, December the 19th. So, a few interesting ones on that card. Obviously, uh, Wonderboy uh, versus Jeff Neal. We've talked about Jose Aldo's fighting Marlon Vera. Um, we've also got Marlon Moraes on the card. And we've got Greg Hardy and Anthony Pettis tucked in there. So, we will go through those. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy the show. Monday Night Raw. Ooh, Monday Night Raw. So, this... Uh, this news that Raw recorded its worst ever uh, ratings in its history at 1.5. Was it 1.5? I think it was 1.4. My God, let's have a look. Raw, 1.52 million viewers, um, which is just an absolute dire, dire number. And to put that into context for those of you that don't pay too much attention to WWE and their ratings, which in fairness... Why would you? Um, they used to pull about 13 million viewers back in the day when obviously, you know, there wasn't Netflix and there was less TV channels and there was no Amazon Prime and there was less to watch, granted. But uh, to put it perhaps into better context, when the context, context, um, when Monday Night Raw would do their specials and they'd get Ric Flair back and Hulk Hogan and all of these people, um, you know, they might do a two and a half. Uh, I think the relaunch of SmackDown, when SmackDown moved to Fridays and uh, they first debuted on Fox and they had Tyson Fury uh, and Cain Velasquez and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, that pulled a four million uh viewing number 4 million viewers which was the expectation i believe from fox was 5 um and they thought that they would kind kind of retain that viewership but uh as far as monday night raw goes this is a new low um really really poor numbers embarrassingly low and yes there was an nfl game at the same time which you know you can take into account but uh this is, by all accounts, a dreadful, dreadful number. Um, and it has shook executives into um, asking for a list of talent uh, that they think they could go, on, could go on a run, whether it be at the belt or just on TV. And some of the names they said were Cesaro, Chad Gable, Angel Garza, Carmella and Peyton Royce. Um, which to everyone other than WWE executives, 
are talent that by all accounts we knew months or years ago that could have gone on uh, a run. For example, Cesaro, who's been on the roster for God knows how long. Everyone loves Cesaro. He's main event standard talent and he's not being used that way. Um, so it's just another low for WWE. But, you know, their stock continues to rise or continues to perform. Um, let's have a look where the stock is today, shall we? It's up 46.89 uh, on the New York Stock Exchange at the moment. So it's all-time high is 46, 47.01. Um, oh, let's have a look here. Sorry, pardon me. Its all-time high was 66.40 uh, back on the 7th of Jam. Obviously, we had the dip for COVID, but it hasn't really recovered, although it is on the right trajectory. Um, but the stock is on its way up. Um, WWE continue to be profitable, continue to have record quarters um, and record years of profit, but their viewing figures continue to slide, and it is alarming, to say the least. But when you watch the product, you realise just how rubbish it is. I can't sit through an episode of Monday Night Raw. It's painful. Um, obviously, I watched SmackDown last week, which, in fairness, isn't a bad show. Um, but when you watch AEW, just the vast difference in... I don't, I, I'm not... Obviously, the writing and WWE is a problem. And the reason it's a problem is they're still trying to cater for the younger market. Um, and obviously, the vast majority of people that review... Uh, Raw are adults. There isn't many kids reviewing Monday Night Raw. Um, but the viewing figures aren't reflecting in that. You know, kids don't want to watch wrestling when they're younger anymore. There's there's more and more sports out there. Um, it's, it's... I really feel they need to steer away from the PG era and they need to really, really consider what they're doing as a business. Um, because the writing is just dreadful. You know, they do some good things. Like NXT is is a, is a great idea. Um, and I know they've had NXT for six, seven, eight years now, um, which is a, a great way of bringing in new talent. I know they had the um, IPW? Indep I can't remember what it was called. Maybe IPW, but they had that before that, and I think they've still got it. But NXT is, is a very, very good idea. Um, the product is usually good. The only trouble is when they bring the stars up, they don't tend to perform um, as they should, or maybe they get the timing of them wrong, or when they do, for example, Keith Lee has apparently been sent back to the performance center. Well, they only took him out of NXT, you know, less than a year ago. So either he wasn't ready and they didn't realize and it's their fault, or he was ready and he's being misused. Either way, it's on WWE and it's not on Keith Lee. Um, the, the other thing to put to mention from uh, that terrible 1.5 result is they lost the 18 to 49 demo to AEW on all three hours of Raw. That's never happened. So 18 to 49 demo, um, AEW scored a better score than Raw. I think AEW scored a 0.45 and Raw scored a 0.41. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. 
Um, and when you watch AEW, you notice the difference. It's a better product. Um, and I think that's because it has more of an edge around it. Obviously, yes, it has a different type of talent than uh, WWE. And it's kind of, it's stuff that I'm not used to. You know, it's it's wrestlers that I'm not used to. There's no Randy Orton. Randy Orton's been around since the beginning of time and the guy's still getting runs at the belt. Um, it's just got a different feel to it. It's It's a better watch. And they have just brought back like Sting, for example, which I'm not too crazy about. But it is still um, a much more entertaining watch than WWE Raw. It is a garbage program at the moment, and I genuinely struggle to sit through and watch it. And that does pain me to say, because I am a fan of the business, and I am a fan of the fact that Vince McMahon makes money of selling a fake product that people know is fake. Um, It's just... It's... I I really struggle to describe why I like WWE. And I genuinely think um, it's because of that. It's because it is a fake product that people are fully aware of, yet they can still manipulate. Everything Everything you need to know about wrestling is when the Undertaker streak was broken. The crowd reaction to the Undertaker streak being broken at WrestleMania, I want to say 31, but I'm not 100%. That is everything you need to know about professional wrestling. Something that they thought would never happen. Someone that was built up. Long-term storytelling and long-term booking at its finest, only to turn and flip the script and have him lose. The reaction of fully grown men in the audience, that that there in a bottle is why I like pro wrestling. But those, those experiences and those things are so few and far between now. Well, they used to happen quite a lot, um, and I'm not. I'm not saying that WWE has been fantastically booking its whole uh, the entire time throughout the the 90s and the Attitude Era. But those moments, and it might be a little bit because I was a kid then, but those moments feel few and far between now more than ever. Um, but yeah, everything that I like about wrestling, you can you can see in that clip where Undertaker loses the streak. And it's those sort of moments where I actually enjoy watching it. Other than that, I'm only interested in the backstage stuff. And as far as the backstage stuff goes, Raw drawing a 1.52 million rating. That's something I want to talk about because that is dog turd. Okay, so I, obviously off the back of Dana White, um, saying that they're going to cut about 60 fighters off the roster. Um, now, I think, obviously, for some context, I think they've got about 500 and... Is it 510 uh, fighters under contract? So I thought I'd have a go at predicting some of the guys that are going to get cut. Um, and I have only stuck to men, and I have only stuck to really quite known men. So what I kind of want this to be a list about is people that are recognisable that are in danger of being cut. This isn't like a, you know, running through the, the the roster and looking at who's unknown and only fought once and that no one really cares about. This is all um, sort of known MMA fighters uh, 
that have either been a champion or been in the limelight or been on win streaks. And I'm predicting that they're going to get cut. So, first up on the docket uh, is a former heavyweight champion, uh, Junior Dos Santos. So, I think, given the fact that Junior is 36 years old, and given the fact that he has lost his last four fights, um, and he's also lost his last four fights by TKO, um, I think JDS is prime for cutting. And I do know that he is a former heavyweight champion and, you know, you're potentially letting him go to someone like Bellator that gives him another fresh coat of paint, another go. Um, and I'd assume that Bellator will be interested in the JDS business. Um, but I think his time in the UFC has come to an end. I don't want to watch him fight anymore. Um, I don't want to watch him continually get knocked out. It's not pleasing on the eye. Um, so, my number one pick for cutting is Junior Dos Santos. My number two uh, pick for facing the chop in the UFC is Luke Rockhold. Now, obviously, Luke Rockhold's a former middleweight champion, um, a very successful UFC champion. He has been in the UFC for... Oh, He's been in the UFC for seven years, and prior to that, he was in Strike Force, um, and he was obviously the middleweight champion in Strike Force. So, real history there um, in the UFC, real history prior in Strike Force. But from what I could see, um, he's lost his last. Bear with me one second. There we go. Sorry, apologies about that. Right, yes, if you look at his record. He has lost his last two fights by knockout. Um, he got knocked out by Yoel Romero at UFC 221 back in 2018. He didn't fight for a year and a half. He then got knocked out by Jan Blahovic uh, at UFC 239. And he seems more interested in modelling than anything else. So my number two pick for uh, the UFC chop is Luke Rockhold. So two picks, two former champions. Pick number three, um, and in fairness, pick number three kind of depends on how this weekend goes. Uh, but my number three pick is Jose Aldo. Now, this one, I think, is probably less likely to happen um, than the previous two, but he is still getting on a bit. Um, Jose Aldo is 34. I think... And I don't know why this is, but when fighters are older, so when they're sort of heavyweights, or sorry, when they're bigger, you kind of let them get a bit older. Um, and when they are younger, or sorry, when they're in the lighter weight classes and they they get to sort of 34, 35, I kind of go, oh, you know, he's probably at the end of his probably at the end of his road. And it's it's a bit like football with goalkeepers. Goalkeepers, they can get to 40. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, they can get to 40. But when an outfield player gets to 34 his career is over. And I think it's a similar sort of thing that my brain um, sorts out heavyweights and lighter weights into. But yes, my number three pick is Jose Aldo. The main reason for that is obviously he's lost his last three fights. He's actually lost five of his last seven. Um, and he's actually lost six of his last nine, um, which is a just a dreadful, dreadful um, record since obviously he got knocked out by Conor McGregor, beat Frank Yeager, unanimous decision, uh, got TKO by Max Holloway twice. 
which was ugly to watch. He did TKO Jeremy Stevens with a body shot and he TKO'd Hanato Moicano, uh, but he lost a unanimous decision to Volkanovski, a split decision to Moraes. Uh, he got TKO'd by Peter Yan in a really, really ugly, ugly um, performance. Uh, and he fights this weekend. Um, and if he loses that, I think he will uh, potentially face the chop. If not, um, perhaps he should retire. So that's three picks and three former UFC champions. And as we go to pick number four, we're going to another former UFC champion. Now, I do always forget that he was a former UFC champion, but he was kind of one of the first UFC heavyweight champions. But my next pick is Andre Arlovsky. Um, he, Jesus Christ, look at this guy's record. So his record is 30 and 19. And he actually went on a five-fight losing streak in the UFC, which somehow I missed that. Um, and he survived that. So he got lost to Stipe. He lost to Alistair. He lost to Josh Barnett. He lost to Francis Ngannou. And in fairness, those are some impressive names to lose to. Um, and he lost to um, Tybura. And that was all 2016 to 2017. He then won two. He then lost to Tui Vasa and Abdul... Oh, I can't even say this name. Abdurakimov. Abdurakimov? There you go. Um, then there was a no contest with Walt Harris, which he actually did lose, but it was overturned. So that's another four-fight losing streak. Um, he then beat Ben Rothwell, lost to Rosenstruck by a KO. He's on a current two-fight win streak, but they're against Felipe Linz and Tana Bossa. Tana Bossa is a jobber, and I'm assuming Felipe Linz is as well. So I think Andre Arlovsky um, is certainly in danger of facing the chop. So that is my pick for Andre Arlovsky. Um, now, I touched on this one uh, on the last podcast, and um, he obviously fought and got knocked out of the weekend. So. Uh, not a former champion, but a former title contender. Um, Jacare Souza is my pick number five. Uh, Jacare has kind of won one, lost one, won one, lost one, won one, lost one for the best part of 2018, 2017. Um, he does still have some impressive wins there. He's beat Chris Weidman and Derek Brunson uh, and Vitor Belfort over the last sort of three or four years, but there's sort of big losses in there. TKOs to Robert Whitaker, um, split decision losses to Kelvin Gastelum uh, and Yoel Romero, but he is on a three-fight losing streak. Um, unanimous decision loss to Jack Hermanson. A decision, um, split decision loss to Jan Blahovic, which obviously is no, um, no mean feat because he's now the champion of that division, but he just got knocked out and in horrific fashion by Kevin Holland at the weekend um, on his return to middleweight. He's 41. I kind of think that his time in the UFC is done. I'd like to see him retire, but potentially he'll get cut. Um, so that is my pick number five. So out of the first five, we got four former UFC champions and a UFC title contender. As you can see, um, these are all kind of people that Potentially won't get cut, but I would quite like it if some of them did. Um, I think it would send a message out to the rest of the roster. 
Uh, right. Now, this one is an interesting one. This one is an interesting one. My number six pick uh, to get cut by the UFC in these 60 fighters is CM Punk. Uh, now, you'll all remember CM Punk. He's one of my favorites from wrestling. But he made his debut, uh, oh, sorry, at UFC 81 uh, in December 2014. He announced he'd sold, signed a multi-fight contract with the UFC. Um, he then went off and trained for two years, 18 months, two and a half years, something like that. Um, and then faced Mickey Gall on the 10th of September in 2016. So almost two years after he announced he'd fight in the UFC, um, he fought Mickey Gall and got submitted uh, inside two and a half minutes. He then uh, fought Mike Jackson at UFC 225 uh, in June 2018. So again, almost uh, two years later or eight, probably 20 months later. Uh, and lost a unanimous decision to a total bum jobber in Mike Jackson. Uh, interestingly enough, he didn't get cut at that point. Um, obviously, CM Punk's a big name. They pay him a lot of money. And to see him potentially go and fight MMA in another promotion is something that they couldn't do. Uh, and it's kind of all gone quiet on CM Punk. And as far as I can work out, he is still under contract with the UFC. Um, and anytime he fights, they pay him 500 grand as a minimum, plus anything that goes on the background. So I think it's probably about time that we see CM Punk get cut. I love CM Punk, but I want to see him go back to professional wrestling. Um, Punk's 42. He's not really going to fight again. Even if he does go to another promotion, he is not talented. And I think they'll see that. Um, and yeah, so that is my prediction number six. CM Punk get cut uh, at this round of cuts. Next, we move on to number seven. Um, my number seven uh, pick for cutting uh, is Clay Guida. Clay Guida has been in the UFC since the beginning of time. Um, he's actually been in the UFC since October 2006. Prior to that, he was in WEC uh, and he also fought in Strike Force a few times as well. Um, but he has fought in the UFC, I don't know, 20 times. His record is 35 and 20. Um, and I think Clay Guida, after losing three of his last four, um, is up or is prime for cutting. Prime for cutting. Uh, number seven is Kyron Woodley. Aaron Woodley's 38 years old. He's been with the UFC quite a long time. Uh, he obviously had a, a successful run as champion, although it wasn't really, people didn't really like him as champion. And I do feel that was hard on Tyron Woodley. Um, but he's on a three-fight losing streak. And in fairness, they're not exactly bad losses, but um, they are losses nonetheless. And he has lost to... Uh, Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns and Colby Covington only in fairness by unanimous decisions uh, and he didn't really get sort of beaten up or knocked out but he's not very marketable he never has been uh, I don't really know why but I just don't see it working out for Tyron Woodley in the UFC so I think he is my number uh, 8, 7? I think he's my number 8 pick for getting cut Okay so number 9 and I feel just awful about this one. 
<laughs> I feel terrible. Um, but my number nine pick for getting cut by the UFC is uh, Cowboy Cerrone. And I love Cowboy Cerrone. But if you look at his record, <clears throat> his last three, six, nine, ten, eleven, his last 13 fights, he's lost four, five, six, he's lost eight and with one no contest and he's won four. And he's on a four-fight losing streak. In fairness, his last fight against Nico Price was a no contest. And before that, it was a majority draw. But he's been TKO, TKO, TKO'd at three of, three of his last five fights. Um, and he's on a skid. 36 wins, 15 losses. Um, yeah, Cowboy Cerrone is my number nine pick for being cut by the UFC. Uh, my last pick is a fighter I genuinely really don't like. <laughs> and I, I can't really tell you why. I just always see him uh, being a jobber and it upsets me. So my number 10 pick for being cut is Tanner Bossa. He is the least uh, known name on that list. He is the least likable fighter on that list. Um, he's 19 wins and seven losses. He's had five fights in the UFC He's won three and lost two. And his most recent loss was to Andre Arlovsky, who is a 40-plus-year-old walking mess. Uh, and Tanner Bossert lost to him. So my 10th pick for being cut by the UFC is Tanner Bossert. So when these cuts come out, uh, when they get announced and we see who gets cut, we'll revisit this and see how right or wrong I was. I have picked some really well-known names that are kind of household and the UFC won't want to cut. A lot of these, they probably hope that they retire. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be bold and say that some of these are getting cut and they are some big names. Okay, so <clears throat> now we've discussed who's getting cut, let's discuss who's winning some fights. Uh, so this weekend... As we already discussed, December the 19th, UFC Apex uh, is UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Neil. Um, it is the last fight of the year. Um, so uh, kicking it off in the welterweight, or kicking it off, should I say, uh, the top of the card in the welterweight division, uh, Stephen Thompson takes on Jeff Neal. Stephen Thompson, of course, uh, is a former um, title contender. Uh, he's fought for the belt a few times. Uh, obviously against Tyron Woodley. Very, very good fight and a draw, and then he had a majority loss. Um, he took a unanimous decision, a victory against George Masvidal. He then lost to Stephen Thompson in Liverpool. I was at that fight. That was good fun. Um, and he got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. He then returned uh, in November later that year uh, against Vicente Luque and got a unanimous decision. But Stephen Wonderboy Thompson hasn't fought uh, in a calendar year, actually over a calendar year. He last fought the 2nd of November 2019, where he got fight of the night. Um, but he is out of practice. He is rusty. Whereas we look at um, uh, we look at Jeff Neal, he is on a seven-fight win streak, uh, but his last fight was in December 2019 as well. So he's gone almost a year without fighting. So both of these guys... Um, are going to be very, very rusty. And normally it's kind of one person you worry about when it comes to ring rust. Uh, but this time it's both of them. So I guess it's kind of fair. Um, Neil's last victory was against Mike Perry, who won by Tico head kick in round one. Um, but that was at UFC back at uh, UFC 245 back in 
2019. So my prediction for that fight is I'm going to say Wonderboy is going to win by decision. I love Wonderboy. Always have done. Um, I think he is getting on a bit. Uh, but I'd like to see Wonderboy take the victory there. Um, so that is my prediction. Moving on, the co-main event, we have got a man we spoke about earlier on the podcast that I predicted would get cut if he lost, Jose Aldo, taking on Marlon Vera. Uh, and if we look at Jose Aldo's record, the poor guy, as I said earlier, he's on a three-fight losing streak, and he has lost five of his last seven um, and he has not been the same since he got KO'd by Conor McGregor. I predict if he loses this fight, he will unfortunately get cut. But he has taken on Marlon Vera, um, who had a, a really good performance against Sugar Sean O'Malley at UFC 252 back in August. Um, he, it was unlucky what happened to Sean O'Malley. Uh, he hurt his foot. Uh, was it near his foot? He hurt something. I think it was his, his ankle. He went down funny, but it was inflicted um, by Vera. So I remember thinking that Vera looked very impressive when they fought. Um, before that, he lost to Song Yadong in a unanimous decision. Uh, and then prior to that, it was on a five-fight win streak. So my prediction is that Marlon Vera wins by KO against Jose Aldo. Uh, moving on to the welterweight division. Uh, Mikel Pereira, or Pereira, sorry, Pereira, um, is fighting uh, Chaos Williams. And we saw Chaos Williams not long ago. This is the guy uh, that knocked out his opponent in about 26 seconds. It might have even been less than that. Um, and it was a very, very, very impressive knockout. Uh, and I remember the guy he was fighting. I can't remember his name. I'm going to butcher it. Genuinely can't remember his name. But it was only a couple of cards ago, and they both uh, were fast knockouts. Uh, they were known for their fast knockouts, and Chaos Williams um, got the jump on the other guy. It was very impressive. So um, he obviously fights Pereira, who has lost two out of his last three, um, and he lost to Diego Sanchez, which was a DQ by a legal knee, which was a little bit unfortunate, um, but it wasn't a legal knee. Uh so, my prediction for that fight is going to be Chaos Williams. Just because I like seeing him knock people out. Um, so, yeah, Chaos Williams, I'm going to go knock out in round one. Because why the fuck not? Uh, Marlon Moraes. He has lost... My God, he's lost two of his last three as well. But in his defence, um, he lost to Henry Cejudo, which is... Uh, Certainly nothing to be ashamed of. He then won a split decision victory over Jose Aldo uh, and then took a loss uh, back in October by spinning wheel kick and punches to Corey Sandhagen. Um, so I am going to um, back Rob Font in this, who has won two of his last three, um, most notably against Ricky Simon, uh, in December on the Overeem Rosenstruck card. He has not fought in a year, but I am going to say that he gets the decision over Marlon Moraes. Uh, and then finishing off the main card is Marcin Tybura versus Greg Hardy in the heavyweight division. Um, Tybura is on a three-fight win streak, most notably beating Ben Rothwell uh, back in October. But Ben Rothwell really, really hasn't looked the same. Um, well, hasn't looked the same in a while. 
the thing about Tybura is he actually he lost his UFC debut. He then went on a three-fight win streak, um, including wins over Arlovsky um, and Victor Pesta. Pesta. He then lost to Vadum and lost to Derek Lewis, which is you know acceptable. Everyone loses to Derek Lewis. Uh, he then beat Stefan Struve. He then lost two, and he's on a three-fight win streak. So I'm going to assume he beats Greg Hardy, um, who is on a two-fight win streak, but has not really faced the sort of level of competition. He did fight Alexander Volkov, but he lost and at no point looked in the fight. So I am going to predict that Tybura beats Greg Hardy uh, by stoppage in the second round by TKO. Um, One other one to touch on just because he's kind of a bit of a legend of the sport. Um, Anthony Pettis returns. He hasn't fought since May 2020 uh, when he got a unanimous decision victory over Donald Cerrone. Prior to that, he lost to Ferreira and lost to Nate Diaz. Um, But then before that, he knocked out Stephen Thompson and then lost to Tony Ferguson before that. So his win-loss record is actually quite hilarious. Uh, He won four in a row. Sorry, he won five in a row. Then he lost three in a row. Then he won, lost, won, lost, won, lost, won. Then lost two in a row. Then he beat Cowboy Cerrone. So he is literally in and out like a robbery. Um, but he takes on Alex Morono, who, uh, ah, there you go, lost to Chaos Williams at UFC 247 in February uh, by knockout in 27 seconds. I was one second out. Uh Yes, so Alex Morono lost to Chaos Williams. He then uh, beat Reese McKee by unanimous decision on the Felder Dos Anjos card back in November. So I'm going to go for Anthony Pettis here by submission in round three. There you go. So those are my predictions for the card this weekend. Obviously, we will watch the card um, and we will bring you a review on Monday. Uh, I'm also going to watch SmackDown this week. Um, and I will bring you that on the same podcast. I am not going to watch Raw because I just can't put myself through that at the moment. Um, we will also, obviously, because there's going to be no, because um, there's going to be no UFC cards for the next probably two weeks. Uh, after we review uh, this card, we will then bring you uh, sort of our roundups for the year. Maybe a little bit of an award show. Um, we won't do an award show, but perhaps something similar like that. Where we'll talk through our uh, best knockout fight of the year and things like that. Um, so fantastic. Thank you very much for listening. And I will see you next time on the combat review.